three, two, one. Uh, we are speaking with the one and only Susie Quattro. The new album, The Devil in Me, comes out March 26th. And all I can say is it is absolutely brilliant, this album. The first few songs, Devil in Me, Hey Queenie, Betty Who, just, just, they just rock. And then you get over to My Heart and Soul and you get a whole different texture to this album. You're like, yeah, baby, I love it. I love it. So, first of all, uh, as we say in Montreal, bonjour. How are you? I'm doing great. I mean, I'm just overwhelmed with the response that this is getting from everybody. So, it just feels good. It feels good. <laughs> it feels good. Yeah. So, so let me just quickly talk about this. You know, you've been around since the age of 14 doing music and rocking and rolling. Why why say to yourself, okay, I'm going to go through the trouble of making a new album and writing new music? Come why not just head out on the road and play the hits and just do what you've done for the last 40 years? Why, you know, it, do you have to stay creative? Is that part of the process? I would rather shoot myself than do what you just said. <laughs> um, Most rock and rollers I, tell me the same thing. I'm not a rest on your laurels girl. It's not who I am. Um, even if I do a great show the night before, there's no thought in my head that the next night's going to be the same. I don't rest on laurels. I still have a lot to say. I still have a lot to share with the world. Um, they're now seeing my 57 years in the business. They're seeing the rebirth of Susie through my son's eyes. He's mm -hmm. lit my fire, man. I'm seeing me through him. And uh, I'm showing everybody now the, the Motown, the Detroit, everything that's been in there. I mean, my heart and soul and love is bad. It's very Detroit, both those tracks. Um, you got the darkness of In the Dark and I Sold My Soul and the out-and-out -out rockers, you know, the first three, and Motor City Riders. There's nothing sacred. I've done my whole life. I don't have anything left to prove. I'm enjoying myself. Well, and, and it showed because the music just sounds great. Now, uh, before we get more into the album, you did have COVID over, the, uh, over this pandemic. How are you in terms of health? I mean, are you feeling any of that brain fuzz that they're talking about or any of this memory loss or no taste or no? Um, I was I had it uh, in the exhaustion way. I couldn't get out of bed for about five days, just slept all the time. That's one of the things that affected me. And I had loss of taste. So I didn't eat for five days. I tried to, but you'd have a bite and you go, Ugh. Throw it away. Um, that actually either, might be useful for me at this point. I put on a bit too much weight. <laughs> well, I think everybody has during this. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was mainly that. And uh, the, the, the headache hangs on a little bit. There's a headache, a real thumping headache that goes with it. That's why you lay in bed so long. It's the only time you feel normal is when you're just like that. Anyway, that lasted a few days longer. It's about 10 days altogether. I had my COVID shot two weeks ago, my first one. And that produced similar reactions for a day. I was very tired. I slept 18 hours out of 24. And I didn't have taste. Next day, fine. So, um, been there, done that. I mean, I'm pretty fit, you know. And it's a respiratory illness. And I've done nothing but exercise my lungs for 57 years. Yeah. yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure that must have helped. I'm sure. It must have. Now, by the way, as you were exercising, were you a smoker? Did you do any of that stuff that might have damaged the lungs? Or, or you just sort of sang and kept them tip-top shape? Um, I played at smoking every now and again, but I was never really a smoker as such. Um, not a drug taker. No, and I go to the gym every day. And 
you know, I'm 70 and I'm still doing two hour shows, solo shows where I do nothing but run across that stage for two hours with a bass guitar on, with a leather suit, singing and dancing and playing. And at the end of the two hours, I'm still not out of breath. And my husband gets so mad at me. When I come off stage, he says, why are you out of breath? Sorry. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm telling you, rock and roll's kept you long, young because you do not look like 70 at all. I, you know, if I met you on the street, I'd say oh, 53, 54, you know. I accept. You know, I think coming up from the era that I came from in the, in the early 60s and then the gigs, and I've talked to other musicians of my era, we were we, we came up in the gigging era, you know, where we learned our craft by gigging. And the norm for me, 14, 15, 16, right up to the age of 21, five shows a night, 45 on, 15 off. Now, that kind of training has got to do you good. Got to do you good. And it's just, you know, your your body has a memory, so it just remembers. I, I've always been out there doing that, so I guess that's why I've maybe cheated the age a little bit, you know? Yeah, well, you, you, you're looking great, i got to say. So when you get to, to doing The Devil in Me, do you look back at the career and say, oh, I need to make an album like I did in 1970, this, or do you just come into it with a whole fresh new perspective and say, okay, this is going to be Susie for 2021, not Susie 1985, we're reheated, we're going fresh, we're going new. How, how do you approach it in terms of musical style and, and what you're saying in the music? Well, I mean, I have to go to no control because that's the first time that I collaborated with my son and that was really greatly received by the critics. So we kind of got our feet wet on that one. We didn't have any boundaries, any limits. We'd never worked together before, so everything was flying. Here's a song. Here's a song. Just flying. And then um, because of great critical success that had, uh, we then kind of knew what we wanted to do next. And my son kept saying to me, he got his confidence in and he said, I would like this next album. Mom, trust me. He kept saying, trust me. I said, OK, go on. And he said, I'd like this next album to be as groundbreaking as your first one. But today I thought, well, that's a good benchmark to put on it. And he challenged me. You know, he challenged me for certain riffs, and I trust him. I do trust Richard because I see in his face when he's working with me that he is see Susie Quattro. I'm speaking in third person. She's in his DNA. She, he's watched me since a tiny boy. He's watched me, and it's all gone into him. You know, so he's convinced what music I should be doing, and he's not steering me, but he's making me see me through his 36-year-old eyes. And that's, that's amazing. pretty, pretty special, you know? It's pretty special. And um, but he's like, that's what he's bringing to the table, all that fire of 36 and wanting to do something with me and, you know, real passion, because uh, my mother's rock and roller and bought it up. And then I'm bringing to the table the fact that I don't have anything left to prove. And yes, I can rock. It's like breathing to me. And here's some other side. So it's 57 years in the business and 36 years just coming into the business. So it's it's somehow fused. What a team we've turned out to be. I had no idea that he was so creative. No idea. He's really shocking me all the time, you know. Sometimes we fall out and we have differences of opinion. But the end result is always that we want the best for the song. 
It's great. So, so just quickly talk to me about working with your son, because, you know, you, you look at Cheap Trick with Rick Nielsen working with his son, Dax, and and Alice Cooper has uh, his daughter on the stage. There's got to be something about you see them in the diapers and you see them growing up. And now they're up here and they're there and they're, and they're, they're not just, oh, it's my son playing with me. He's a musician playing with you. Um, yeah. Is there a different? I mean, there's a there's obviously a different kind of pride than just having a great guitarist or another great drummer, right? Talk to me about that mother son bond in music. Um, first of all, I don't really have a problem with family because I played with my sisters, my first band. Uh, my father was a musician. When I came to England and I got the English band together, I married my guitar player which is Richard's father. So mm -hmm. it's not so unusual for me to do these family things. The, the, the key with me is I don't do relationships when I'm working. And if you don't get that, then it doesn't work. And Richard had to adjust to that. He had to adjust. On the first album, it happened. And we were, we were sitting there and we never worked together before. We had a song ready and just making a demo. You know, so it was, I, I didn't find it strange. He found it strange because he stopped in the middle of the demo and he went, oh, my God. I said, what's the matter? And he, it was a real moment. He said, all of a sudden, I'm in the studio with Susie Quattro. And I looked at him and I said, and that was a moment for him. And he <laughs> went, start the tape. So he that was like either stand up and come to bat or go away right. because I I am now working. And he, he had to adjust to that. Now he's fine with it. Absolutely fine. Um, and he's so good. Here's what happened. I'll tell you. It's kind of a long story, but it's a good story. Um, My Heart and Soul, the Christmas song. Just beautiful. I've never sung like that in my life. I uh, When I heard that song, he was playing a track from the studio. He'd left the door open. I was working on the patio because I don't work with machines. I work... I'm old school writer, you know, with the right. acoustic guitar. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that, that's my generation. So I, I, if I had to work with machines, the song would be gone within five seconds. So this is how I work. Anyway, I heard the track coming out and I, and I, it hit me in the heart. And I knew as an artist, it hit me so hard, like he had hit me. Boom. I thought, don't think, don't think, don't think, don't think. Leave it all here. So I cut my head off, brain off. And I went into the studio and I just said, Quick, quick microphone, headphones, play the track. He was shocked I was out there because it was just something he was fooling around with. And the first four lines came out exactly as they are on the recording. But here's the beauty of the story. I sang in a voice I've never used before because, to be quite honest, that's the only kind of voice that went on that track. It just came out real natural. So we're putting the final vocal on after we recorded that song properly. And uh, everything's on the strings, the horns, are beautiful. And I'm putting the icing on the cake on my vocal. And, you know, when you're doing a vocal, you're kind of naked. You're very vulnerable. And if somebody says not working, you, you kind of freak out because you're really out there. You know, you're you're exposed when you're doing a vocal. Every artist is. And Richard stopped the tape in the middle of my vocal. I said, what's the matter? He said, you're not doing it, Mom. I got pretty mad for myself. What do you mean I'm not I got pretty defensive, not mad defensive. What do you mean I'm not doing it? And he said, can I do something? I said, what? I got mad. He said, can I just play the demo? I said, okay. So the demo came in my ears and I went, oh my God. 
oh my God. I said, wow, well spotted Richard. I wasn't singing on that demo like Susie Quattro. I was just singing. And when I was putting this vocal down, I was Susie Quattro putting a vocal on her new album. Right. Completely different attitude. So I went, well, that's well spotted, Richard. I got it. I stripped everything away. I went back into that mode in my head. Out came the vocal. But I didn't know I was doing this. And it was good that he played that back because he said, he said it on the things. He said, when you did this in the demo studio, it made my body go in chills. And you're not doing that right now. So I had to just strip. Susie Quattro left the building, really, and just, I went right. back in that space, you know, I was singing about missing my husband, and I went back to that feeling, boom, there it was. And I looked out in the studio, I was singing, and I peeked through the glass, and they were all going, I went, good, I got it. <laughs> Isn't that funny, though? Yeah, so, wow. so in a sense, you weren't tapping into the emotion, that original emotion. He wanted you to get back to that original emotion. Yes, and that's what I had to do. Ah, and I realized, I realized that I wasn't tapping into that, that I was putting on a professional vocal on the finished product. And that's not what he wanted, and that's not what I did. And that is not what made that yeah. demo so beautiful. So it was it was well spotted, and I got it. And I said, okay, I hear it myself. Thank you. Now let's go. Yeah, which is great. Yeah, you want, you want the emotion. You don't want the jingle voice, right? We're not making a commercial. We're making a song. Oh. Right? No, I just strip it all back, and I found that space again in my heart that made me sing it in the first place, and there it was, you know? Let me ask you this. Going back to, to the 70s and 80s, you know, when we made a record, you had to cut tape, and it was two-inch tape, and it was this and that, and if, you know, you played it three times, and you took the best take kind of thing. Now, with Pro Tools, you can do it 87 times, and you can layer everything. What is your preference for recording? Do, do you like all the bells and whistles, or do you like to just sort of set up the mics, play the damn thing, and I've got a song? I'm old school, okay? Um, I prefer to, and I've, I've done this since I've been recording, okay? Let's say there's a real high chorus, high in key, and you know it. So then I will say, do all the verses, and then we'll go for that course because you can't do it over and over again, right at the top of your range. But most of the time, what I prefer to do is to just do three or four runs of the song till you got it, till they have enough. And then they might say to you, and it's usually the same lines. They usually say that line and that line, you didn't quite nail it any of those times. And then you might drop in for the one or two lines. But really, I like to try to get it all the way through. And then when I mean, I remember when I did the vocal for um, Motor City Riders, the last track on the album and we'd had the, the the backing vocalist and we were singing away and then we we came to the end of the session and my son again he said mom on motor city riders you're you're not up to scratch again he's he said i'd like you to just do one vocal on that from beginning to end now that and give it your susie uh, Jesus Christ, everybody in the studio, their hair was doing this. They were standing back. I, I said, oh. you want it? You got it. And, here, <laughs> and I went. And it was in one take. And I belted that out like there was no tomorrow. Yeah. And you I can mean, hear it on it. You yeah, it you can. Well, that's yeah. what I like about the record. Um, and, and this might sound cliche, but, but there's a realness to it. it. It brings me back to listening to, you know, the early Zeppelins or the early Sabbaths because... There's a realness to it, and it just sounds organic, and it sounds like you've captured a spirit rather than, 
you know, sanitize it to be so bloody perfect with the auto-tune and the... And I like that. I like the I organic never, feel. I've never, ever had auto-tune used on my vocal. Well, nor should you. I, I object on moral grounds. <laughs> if I can't sing it in tune, then, it, then don't use it. Right. You know, I, I'm pretty good on that. I'm pretty damn good on that. And it's been said to me by different engineers, we don't have to use all that. I'm, I'm pretty good. But it's been a long time, you know. But, yes, we have captured a spirit. We've captured... This fact that we couldn't, we he couldn't go on the road. I couldn't go on the road. We're going to write the album, and we just dove into it. And like I said, we had a high benchmark. We had to beat no control, and we we wanted to make it as good as the first one. And this was in our in our vision all the time. He challenged me with certain riffs. I challenged him with certain bits, you know. And we got the best. We got the best on this one. We're now working on the next one. I don't know how we're going to better this, but we're going to try. <laughs> Yeah, I don't but know how is, you're going to better this either, because th this is. It, I, I don't want to say it was surprising because I know you've done great work over the years, but I put it on. I just went, oh, 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 oh. This is not just some. We're throwing out some stuff just to throw out some stuff. This was like, oh, really well done. This um, was planned. Yeah, let me Go let ahead. me let me ask you quickly about the voice because you know there there are some singers that I loved from the '80s and everything was sung real high and now they're you know they're 60, 65 and they can't hit it anymore. And then there are others like Steve Overland of FM or Danny Boza Thunder, these great British bands, and they just seem to be getting better with time. I don't know how they do it, but they seem. In terms of your voice, have you done anything to to? keep it at that level i mean do you have you do, do you have a regimen for it or is it just a god's blessing that you sound as great as you do today um i keep touching wood all the time because that is the way your vocal usually goes down instead of up and for some reason my vocal's gone up i don't know why Shh, touch wood um <laughs> yeah i have always been the kind to take care of my throat uh you know when you go from the five sets a night you learn how to use it and not lose it, okay? I mean, I can scream and rock and everything, and it still stays there. Ever I, since I did theater, I started to do a vocal warm-up before every show, before every recording. A nice vocal warm-up, 20-minute thing. That helps me. I always make sure I get my sleep. You need 10 hours when you're on the road for the voice. It's I've got a strong voice. I was one time doing my vocal warm-up behind the stage at a festival, okay? So I was walking behind where the band was loud, headphones on during my vocal warm-up. The band was playing, and the sound monitor man turned and looked at me. I went, no, don't tell me you heard that. Don't tell me you heard my warm-up over the band. I'm loud. I'm, I've really got strong lungs. Really got, I've, I've been blessed with that, actually. But, you know, now I'm doing all that different kind of singing, too besides just the screaming. So what people didn't realize was I, I sing a damn good ballad and they're now they're now getting that. Oh yes you do. A lot of texture to the voice. Uh, in terms of, of moving forward, we're coming out of the whole COVID thing. UK is supposed to open up on June twenty first. Canada, who knows? Well <laughs> the way it's going here will never open. <laughs> but but are you looking forward to getting on the road? Are you trepidatious? Are you scared? Are you like, no man, it's time. Let, let's let's go do this. Oh, my God. I've got my little rolling bag packed. My passports are here. My suit is hanging. I'm ready to go. Are you kidding? 57 years. This is like cutting my arms off. Luckily, luckily, I'm a creative person. 
And that has kept me sane. I've been on the internet a lot. I've done bass classes, you know. The Facebook stuff? Just, you do the Facebook yeah. stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I'm at Susie Quattro's baseline. I did 50 yeah. of those. Um, I'm on Instagram every single day. I wrote and released a lyric book. We wrote and recorded the entire album. Mm-hmm. I'm now writing for the next one. I'm there writing was, my next. There was if a documentary. I, I mean, it, it doesn't end. So, so what I keeps you going then? I mean, at some point, listen, I'm in my 50s, and and yesterday was the five year anniversary to my retirement. I can retire on February 24th, 2026, and I was looking at that going. Sounds pretty damn good. So what what keeps you going? Why why not just say, hey, I've done it. I'm just gonna sit at home and just enjoy the fruits of my labor. I don't know. I guess it's just not in my DNA. I'm the kind of person that I need to communicate, create, and entertain. This right. is what makes my world go around. Right. And and I will just do it till I can. I mean, this is who I am. What, what am I going to do if I stop, sit around and eat nice meals? And Why? I've still got so much to say. I've still got so much to do. To do. So so what are some of the things you want to, I mean, because listen, between the base classes, the Facebook, the Instagram, the, the, the documentary, uh, the new album, I mean, is there something else you want to do creatively? Do you want to produce people's albums? Do you, do you want to do, uh, do you want to do your own documentary where you're behind the camera and you're directing? Are, are there other challenges? Uh, I want the biopic done. That's we're talking about that now because that documentary really stirred up a lot of interest. Um, I don't make. Goals. By the way, that documentary was fantastic. It, it was truly fantastic. You know why? Because it was honest. Yes. Warts and all. This is what I insisted. I said, if you want to do a documentary of me, with people telling you how wonderful I am, I said I'm not interested. Sure, you're going to get some of that. But I said, I want, even if it's uncomfortable, if it's honest, it's in. So that I, and there was a lot of uncomfortable moments in it, but they're the best moments in the film, you know. And I want, yeah, I want to get that made into a movie. Um, I'm looking at TV stuff. I'm looking at more acting. I'm just, I always move the goalposts. In fact, I don't have goalposts. Right. I just keep, I'm just me. I've got another one at seven thirty. I'm just warning you; it's seven twenty-six now. Well, then let's uh, let's uh, let's say bonsoir on that. It's been an absolute pleasure. We 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 actually did talk for the uh, documentary. It's always great to talk to you. And of course, growing up in the states as I did, I did watch Happy Days. So you've been part of my life for I don't know what is it Good. fifty years now, thirty-five years now, forty. Thank you. Good. Absolute pleasure. We, we, we better not get married. We just keep the affair going. <laughs> we'll just keep the affair going. Thank you, Susie. Absolutely. Thank Merci you. beaucoup. Bonne soirée. Cheers. Anytime. Absolutely. Bye bye now. All right. Perfect.